I think probably our greatest achievement is to have created a mission statement that we have mm-hmm. doubled down on avoiding hmm. actually delivering on. <laughs> this following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. We, we didn't realize we found the freaking hole in our whole world. A lot of other podcasts out there. Today's episode is The Prince. Ladies and gentlemen, we made it. Welcome to the latest movie microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the absolutely knackered. And knocker Justin Waddell. Justin, how are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right, I guess. We we did it, man. We made it. It's 100 here. I'm in a celebratory mood, Nick. I don't blame you. It's a big one number. zero zero. It's a big number. Huge for us. Yeah. And, and and you think about it, many, many, many months ago, we made a promise to our listeners that we were going to come hard with 100. We're going to bring the big ones. Mm-hmm. And we did. We, we we kept our word. We bent over backwards, and lo and behold, the prince is here. And in keeping in tune with uh, what is the norm in this show, September 1st, the calendar switched over, and so too did the free availability of the prince. No longer was it available for free streaming. We had to, once again, receive the wrong business end of the cattle prod and go undercover brother for you people. I hate to correct you this early on the show, but I did watch it for free. No, you didn't. You call watching numerous commercials for free? I mean, look, just because I had to watch 90 commercials to get through it, I watched it through Tubi. Yeah. Um, that uh, and they also have, I don't know if you know this, they also have a lot of other Bruce Willis and John Cusack movies available for you to free watch as yeah. well. Um. Tubi's never... almost, since it's, we're in a reverential mood, mm-hmm. Tubi's almost the name of your porg. What was it? QB. <laughs> I think I remember the name of your porg. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. I mean, he's famous. Nocturnus. Yeah. How, how's that petition going? I haven't checked it in a while. Um, I know that they had a, a big uh, boat rally uh, today for uh, to try to get Nocturnus out there. Did John Boyega sign our petition? I'm sure he would. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, I had to buy the prints. And you know what? I don't feel the sting. You were proud of it. Proud. I think it's a proud own. You didn't buy the physical version of it, right? You bought digital. Right. And it was mm-hmm. funny because, you know, uh, Apple will tell you your most recent purchases 
Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there with my daughter and uh, it came up to that screen. And within the top three were The Prince and Jaws the Revenge. You actually had that you you had to have the talk with your daughter. That's <laughs> yeah. what happened. You had to you had to finally tell her how hard Jason Patrick fucked up. I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't bring it to her. I mean, she was the innocence in her eyes. I could. I couldn't do it. Um, you couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't go to that. That's the perfect opening for a conversation. Eventually, all parents must have with their children. Um, I have a cardboard cutout of Jason Patrick. Do you really? Uh, yeah, that I that I'm I'm saving in the in the, in the basement of my house for well, for various reasons. But one of the reasons is so when that talk, yeah, you know, finally arrives, I can pull him out and describe in detail yeah. how badly he fucked up. How is the board spelled? <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you uh. No, you were well. I guess we don't need to get into it too hard yet, but you remain a fan. Absolutely, deep, mm. deeply. Mm. How are things out there? How are you doing? How's the How's the long weekend going? Yeah, it's it's mayhem out there. It's it's it sucks. You know, man, you're not you're not. I, I keep waiting for you to change it up and say, man, I'm pretty happy with how things are. I mean, family's good. See, thankfully, yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, how about you? How's your uh, how's the how's the COVID dodging going? The constant COVID dodging. You know, it's 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 gotten into a like almost a dance. Yeah. You know where it's uh you, COVID and I have 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 been in contact so many times, not not physically in contact, but within eye shot, and we've had that dance that happens where, you know, there's a little bit of flirtation, but there's also a little fear more in COVID's eyes than in mine. And we just kind of, you know, we pivot around each other. We keep our shit on a swivel. Uh, I had an incident uh, at Home Depot with COVID. Um, I was wanting to get a two by four cut into pieces mm. so I can have smaller pieces to use for a project I'm working on. And uh, I asked for help, as you do at Home Depot. And you can actually just buy a cardboard Jason, cut out Jason Patrick. You don't have to make one. Is yeah. that where you're going? No, no. Oh. But uh, I'm I'm sitting there and the guy is there. He's telling me, um, you know how you know what I have to do in order to get the wood cut. I look down at his name tag and it's COVID. He's wearing a Home Depot apron, and I was just slowly started backing off, backing off, because you know he's wearing those those kind of neat uh, orange glasses that people use sometimes when they're cutting things. It's, it's mm-hmm. like almost like something John Travolta would wear, you know, unironically. And uh, I it, I could not recognize, and I stepped backwards and I abandoned my project. And I cut the fuck out. That's good. I mean, that's yeah. safe. Better you socially distance and you ran. That's good. Yeah. And then now, as I was backing out of Home Depot, I look in the mirror, standing there, and the uh, mirror says, "Objects in the mirror are COVID." <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you had such a close call, but it sounds like you're fine. I don't. I don't hear any. Uh, yeah, I don't hear any uh, symptoms. Is that what they say? I don't hear any symptoms, so you're yeah, fine. Yeah. They they usually make a sound. But um, mm-hmm. I, I love this new tech where, like, you walk in a room and it knows your temperature and shit. That's pretty incredible. I don't know what this is. I yeah, so there's these it. little laser shits that, you know, you they, they, get your temp, they get your temp before you even know what's happening. It's amazing. And uh, it'll make a noise. It'll say, hey, fuck you. You fucked up. And then you'll leave. But, yeah, I've been to, like, three or four places now where they just automatically scan your fucking life and they tell you if you're temperatured. It's perfect. It's great that they do that. 
because it's so connected to the spread of COVID. Well, plus it gives you, it's a great way to pick up people, right? It's like, basically, what is it doing? It's shooting a laser into your head and I guess it tells you how hot it is. I don't know. You can't come in because you have a fever, but that might not be related to COVID, basically. Right. And if if you have COVID, you might not have a fever, so. Right. It's it's one of several measures that has to happen, you know, and then right after that, they put their hand deep in your pants, feel around for COVID. Yeah, so I well, keep going you know, in there with different clothes, like throughout the day, just to keep getting recognized and grabbed. And they're like, "Weren't you just here a little while ago, Mister Mustache?" I'm like, "No, just keep re- reaching around down there. No COVID. All right, I'll be back in a few minutes with a hat." Yeah, yeah. So, well, it sounds like you're going to Home Depot a lot. Yeah, you got, you got a lot of house projects going on, huh? Yeah. Well, no, I don't. I don't have. I don't have any house projects. Uh, I just like being around my people. Mm. So, well, are you? Are, I hope you're. I hope you're hard at work building a shrine to our podcast in the front of your house. Wouldn't that be great? What would that look like? You know, probably be just you know William L. Peterson, uh, like a, a paper mache William L. Peterson, uh, decked out, and then like at his knees, like just fawning over him is like you know some of the some of the babes that we've done podcasts about. You know, just like I, I think. I, how about just me and you? You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be cocky about us as you know sex symbols. But mind if I mind if I zoom in? Yeah. It, speaking of babes, uh-huh. we've chosen very very specific films that are that must need you know that are needed to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've 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 curated this outstandingly well. Right, and we're not inviting people to say that we have gaslighted them. Like we're not inviting people to actually counter counter what you just said. Well, what I'm going to say Let's is make that clear. I would say our listenership is made up of friends, people that find our stuff amusing, uh, people that like uh, the uh, distraction, and and then the rest of them are people we've gaslighted. <laughs> gaslighted ourselves. But here's the thing. I think you know we're waiting to be, when we're long dead, people are going to like sift through all the podcasts, all the millions of podcasts out there, and the cream is going to rise to the top. Yeah, the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so once they get through that stuff, yeah, hopefully they'll go back down. Well, here's what I love. I love the idea of those, like at the end of AI, when those uh, those like robot alien kind of things are, mm-hmm. you know, they're digging out and they're and they're you know they've found this little prized possession deep down on the ground and they're they're taking it up and they're they're going to dissect it and figure out what what the hell's going on. They're like they're so above and beyond. They they're infinitely more advanced than we could ever imagine. And I like the idea of those guys who haven't used spoken language in thousands of years, uh, forcing sounds out of themselves after listening to this show um, because of what they've discovered to the point where uh, two of these glassy techno alien space robots are going like zoom in. And then the other one has a, a very eight bit laugh response to it. Sure. And that's the legacy that we've kind of been putting together here. What if I, I just like the idea of the uh, thinking about the AI aliens or whatever they are, robots, aliens watching reach me because of our show and then deciding that they're going to blow up the earth <laughs> like it's a we're done. Yeah, because because Kevin Connolly's eyes scare them. I think I think uh, the, the, the other side of that is um, we actually humanity gets a second chance because of us. Oh, I'd like to because these robot oppressors uh, abandon their posts mm-hmm. in the in the slaying pits and in the 
you know, in the library of murder and they go and they are just constantly digitizing into the ocean. They're all, they all have their back to us and they're all standing at the ocean, digitizing at it. And then we sneak away. Yeah. If there's one thing that our, I hope that our podcast can eventually do, do is save the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Or end it. I mean, that's another probably better solution. That's my number two, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because, uh, um, there was a, you know, that there's that channel on, on, I don't know if it's on direct TV where it's, it's always like the NASA channel and they, they have like astrophysicists and all this. And they'll have these like shots from telescopes. It's, it's a, people would find it boring, but I find it fascinating because there's no propaganda. It's just science and interesting shit. And there was uh, they had mission control and they're saying we, we have spotted an object in space coming in at an extraordinary rate. And it's on a, a collision course with planet earth. And then, uh, and then one of the scientists said, "Zoom in," and they all looked at the camera, winked, and then it turned out uh, it was not a, it was nothing. It was it was just uh, assorted space debris that was veering way way away from us, which makes me happy. Oh, okay, Whew. close call, I guess. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. Were they? You know, if we, I, I'd like to think that if we produce merch, that maybe one of them would be wearing a movie microscope zoom in T. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, and 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 it's funny because I have uh, my goal is to have infant creepers made of of the movie microscope thing, you know, and then uh, really nice um, women's like those sexy kind of tight those, those women's shirts that are petite and interesting, mm-hmm. and then for men midriffs only. So every 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 movie microscope shirt is a cutoff. May I suggest a little like a little wink, little fun thing you could say on the back? Uh, the movie microscope, uh, Nick and Justin. The pods of God casting. What do you think? That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. But then I feel like that would be better if we were more of like a Christian or a religious podcast. We're not. <laughs> no, okay. I don't. So if you're not familiar with the movie Microscope is, it's a show in which we zoom in. We watch a film through uh, uh, homo erectus eyes and we, we, we veer left and right to dodge traffic and uh, really get in there walking around looking for fucking things and then you know the celluloid drips onto us we 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 try to scrape it off and whatever is remaining on our bodies we sift through it and decide what makes or breaks so if we're watching gentlemen broncos we're not going to talk about the scene where sam rockwell's whisker biscuit pops out we're going to talk about the little moments and there's a ton of those in the prints. There is, but let's first talk a little bit about Gentleman Broncos. Directed by? No idea. Oh, is it the guy from uh, Flight of the Concords? No. <clears throat> He's in it, though. Jermaine Clement is in it. Okay. It's directed by the guy who did Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, shit. No wonder I didn't watch it. What is his name? He's off. Jess, Jess something? J- some of the J. Jared, Jared something, right? Maybe Jared something, yeah. Jared Diamond? No. What's it? Kuchner? Oof. Uh, Subway? I, I really, I, uh, I really hated. Uh, you didn't like Napoleon Diamond. I hated it huh? so much that I never I, gave, gave that guy up. Didn't he do Blades of Glory? He did not. But that guy was the guy, Napoleon Dynamite, the guy that was Napoleon Dynamite, was in Blades of Glory, I think. Um. I don't. I actually find Napoleon Dynamite funny. 
I will admit it. It's all right. So it doesn't, it doesn't seem to sit right with you. Jared Hess. Um, no, I mean, hey, you know what? As I've reached uh, this age, I realize that you don't want everybody to be a fucking clone of yourself. You know, people are different. People respond to different things. So people got shit taste, you know, so you just got to kind of roll with it, you know. Uh, fair enough, you know. And part of it is is uh, is John Hader. I, that guy just did nothing for me. Yeah. But I love oh, I love uh, the other guy so much. His brother. No, who's hip Pedro. Oh, yeah, yeah. He actually was in a few movies after that. A bunch of movies, I think. I can't remember his name. Can't remember anybody's name anymore. Getting yeah. up there, Nick. Yeah, dirty, dirty dozens. Um, but I do remember the cast of the prince. There are so many hard, heavy hitters in this movie. They've all come to take a plate paycheck, Nick. They've all come in to clock in. I don't know what you're talking. I don't know what you're talking about. They all showed up to set and said, uh, I have a hard out at one o'clock. <laughs> I don't know how long Bruce Willis was in this. Like, how long did he shoot this movie for? Do you know? Uh, whatever the minimum is. <laughs> but it's funny because here's what I got Justin excited when this when we were when I was forced to buy this because on iTunes it has special features, and they don't. Speaking of gaslighting, they all they tell you is, "All right, guys, there is a full length." making of the prints on if you buy this through I I did get excited. I did get excited by that announcement. Yeah. And I was giddy, bought the fuck out of the movie and instantly I actually I had plans and I was very willing to be late to those plans. Mm -hmm. And my heart dropped. Like dropped. It is 10 minutes long. (laughs) Now I don't know what your definition of full length documentary is. It ain't 10 minutes. I would have if it said if it would have said six hours, I would have been, I would have like, I would have ordered takeout. I would have canceled tomorrow. I'd be there. It'd be like my Hobbit. You know, I'd watch the shit out of that. I, I wouldn't even get up. I would watch all six hours. And sadly, it was only 10 minutes. And the, and the cool thing about that EPK, which is what it is, it is the most, it was the strangest. I've watched so many special features in my life. It was the first time I've ever watched uh, interviews where it seemed like just off camera, someone had a gun pointed at them. Because I've never seen actors look as absolutely nonplussed about being there and almost angry that, that the red light was shining on their ca- on the camcorder. Except for the directors who were super thrilled to just be in front of a camera to, to be considered a, a filmmaker. The, the directors, uh, what was the guy, what's the director's name? Miller, Brian Miller or something, I think. Brian A. Miller. Okay. I think. I went to school with a guy named Brian Miller. Nice guy. Okay. Anyway, these guys got a, a dream cast Wait. for this film. Brownwall? Brownwall. You know it. Brownwall uh, coming in for a little appearance for the 100th episode. Yep. Oh, sounds like a, sounds like a big one. Yeah. Well, Hi, Brownwall. Brownwall celebrates too. And uh, they they got they got a dream cast. So let's go through this cast, and we'll talk a little bit about this movie. You know why you wanted to do it, what what the movie's about. But who's in this movie, Nick? There's a big reason why you wanted to do it. 
Uh, Gia Mantegna is in it. <laughs> I have a super zoom on her. I'll save it a little bit later. Okay. You got Gia Mantegna. You got Jessica Lowndes. You got Rain. You do. You got 50 Cent. You got Don Harvey. You got Jonathan Sheck. You got Bonnie Somerville showing up for a second. You do. You got Bruce Willis. You got Jason Patrick. You got John Cusack. I thought you were going to save John C- uh, Jason Patrick to last because that's who you you put John Cusack in last. Yeah, which means is he is he your favorite out of that bunch? No, 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 no. But I'm telling you, well, if he was the favorite, Bruce Willis would have to lay him. <laughs> and this movie, 2014. I don't think it was in theaters. Did it come to theaters? It's it, just it did. It did? Yeah. So, but it was, I guess, this a movie that kind of probably spun out of, you know, Liam Neeson's Taken was such a huge hit that everybody was looking to have their own version of that. And this is Jason Patrick's Taken, sort of. But really, it's more Jason Patrick's John Wick, which takes it, which came out the same year. John Wick came out 2014. But they have a very similar setup, I'd say. Well, they're like, let's spend eighteen million to earn a one point two. Is that how much this movie cost to make? Eighteen million dollars. But I want. I mean, did it rake it? Did it rake in the the coin overseas, Nick? Did you check that it, stat out? It did. Yeah, uh, IMDb is proud to tell us that it did. Uh, it's opening weekend. It did three hundred three thousand dollars in the United Arab Emirates. Hmm. Where's Patrick? Like this is a Jason Patrick led movie. It's his his face on the poster. It's it's his star is is shining throughout. Where did it make the most money? The U.S. or was it was it huge in like oh, Australia? Uh, let me tell you, it was not released in the U.S. That's a goddamn. It crushed you know? the most in the United Arab Emirates. Oh, you brought it up. Okay. Followed by the Philippines, Thailand, Singapore, and Peru. Um, now, wonder wonder if that has more to do with Bruce Willis's. Uh, name than Jason Patrick. I think Rain may have been the real draw for Fair some of those yeah. territories. Fair enough. Um, but it did eight eight thousand in Egypt, so that's you know that's big bananas. Wonder who. Wonder who. There have been plenty of good movies that did not get a U.S. theatrical release. So let's that's not true. let's not throw it completely under the bus yet. No, no, we won't. We'll save that for about ten ten minutes from now. <laughs> All right, so why don't you run down uh, the plot of this movie, Nick? We we talked a little bit about it being t- a taken. I did uh, John Wick. What, what do you? Why don't you run down? Well, okay. First of all, give us a play by. Give us a summary here. Uh, what what the audience's appetite? So, you know, we've all had. You know, you've heard those stories about people with a troubled past who have uh, have risen above uh, their their past. Well. Uh, when you think of an unstoppable killing machine, you think of a guy named Paul. Paul Brennan. Yeah. So, you know, a, a mild-mannered mechanic living in a double wide. You know, he loves his daughter. He's separated. He eats pizza. And um, by golly, something happens to her. She goes missing. The daughter, yeah. In the New Orleans there. area. Yet another New Orleans movie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and turns out Paul has a fucking shady past. He was uh, a badass and he has to go claim his daughter and nothing is going to get in his way. He has to return to New Orleans where he, uh, he has fled from because of his, his shady violent past. Yep. And he's, uh, 
he to to dig up uh, to to sniff out the trail of his 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 gone daughter his his taken daughter you know the the taken movie was a was a sensation john wick was a sensation and there have been no shortage of clones of of more of taken than anything else but there's a f- the big spin that the prince is bringing to the table mm-hmm. um that john wick doesn't have that taken doesn't have is that everybody, you know, they get to see a real actor in that kind of a role, like a hard act, like an actor, like an actor's actor. You know, usually mm-hmm. it's like somebody who's known for gritty action films, but they, they said, fuck that. We're going to take uh, a thespian mm-hmm. and put them in this role of the Baba Yaga in this case. And so they've got the best. Jay Patrick? Yeah. Oh, man, I was looking for the joke there, but you, you actually that you're 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 weaving together love words <laughs> to one JP. I know. I just could, I could, I was waiting. I wonder how long it would happen, and it's right out the gate. I, I don't know. I, I I you know he's he's certainly a, a handsome man in this. He looks good. You know, this is after the Losers, which is a movie you met him on. You met him on the set of the Losers, right? Or at I, least yes, I did. And um, this is after that. Yeah. And so, so I, I like the idea of watching this film, knowing that those eyes have looked into mine. <laughs> Talk a little bit about your, uh, you know, you were a Jason Patrick fan before you met him. You you like him from uh, your friends and neighbors. I like him literally in everything. You We love, we did a Jason Patrick movie before. We've done two. And this is, I mean, this this is how they sold this movie in Egypt. This is why it made $8,000. They, yeah. they described it as uh, the lost boy looking for a lost girl. Exactly. And they just were like, whoa, you know. Well, I, there, if you, it, there's, a, there's a story inside the story there. Um, mm-hmm. United, or I'm sorry, in Egypt was undergoing a horrible sandstorm during this right. re- during this release, and <laughs> they needed to seek refuge someplace from the sand. And the the theater was like, "You got to buy a ticket to get into the safety." Sure. And so that day, and most of most of the, most of the people in Egypt said, "I'll take my chances with the killer sand." <laughs> but eight thousand dollars worth of people were huddled up in that theater, facing right. away from the screen praying in their various religions. But you know what? The manager of that theater was just looking through the receipts semi hard, just just blown blown away. Yeah. And they're like, "Can you bring the house lights up? I can't see uh this document. I'm sorry, uh there's a movie playing." And then they look and there's one guy facing the screen mm-hmm. and it it's and he had a seeing eye dog. <laughs> Well, that's funny. I wonder if this, the same can be said for Jason Patrick's agent. Um, Jason Patrick, early on in this movie, uh, is a bedside. Aside his bed. Praying. praying. Yeah. And I wonder if what was going through his mind, it was if he was praying to help God help him, uh, ask God to help him forget all the movies he passed up to get to this point. <laughs> all the movies he said no to. Yeah. To get to the prince, yeah, it's like a it's like a uh, puzzle. Well, the thing is, he, he's considered, chain of events in Hollywood. He's considered the patron patron saint of actors because that you could trace a lineage of a listers who have spent their career waiting for him to refuse something, knowing that they need if they are the lucky one to snap it up, it's a surefire hit. So. At what point, because he was famous for saying no, at what point 
it was just all yes. There is a year here because he, if you look at his IMDb page, he's in a lot of movies that you're you do not know, yeah. you you have not heard of until I wonder what until every fifty episodes of this. It happened sometime before two thousand eleven, is when he uh, he gave in to uh, to destiny. Yeah. You know? Well, I think what he's, it, here's what it is. maker of his own destiny, I'd say. I think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, he had he had accumulated so many fans mm-hmm. and those fans had risen to power in Hollywood. So he was able to reap the benefits of all these new offers that came through because his his fans had matured into into career jobs in the industry. So he basically were, was willing to say yes, because he had developed an entire cadre of Hollywood executives that grew up worshiping him. There were the executives involved in this one. <laughs> I didn't squint too hard at the credits. Did it, did it have producers? <laughs> I thought it had more of like, uh, it had like the, the, the term handshake deal than it had like five people listed under it. Yeah. They had chaperones. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the beginnings of this film, which, I'd say is it's I, I like how it starts with uh, I don't like how I don't like how it starts. I like how it starts when Jason Patrick's in it. OK, and how it starts. I don't really like. Well, it starts with uh, the weirdest beard on Bruce Willis. <laughs> I can only speculate. So it's a flashback sequence to 20 years ago or so um, where Bruce Willis is saying goodbye to his wife and daughter in slow motion. He's surrounded by uh, bodyguards and he's waving his uh, his loved ones uh, goodbye, giving his daughter like a present on her first day to school. So, you know, she's dead. Like as soon as that stuff's happening and they're going towards a car. So, you know, it's going to explode. And um, that's what happens. Right. (laughs) Yeah. They get in. They show the daughter's face looking at Bruce Willis, trying to act up, trying to act up a storm like she loves this guy. Yeah. You know, this is her dad. And then the car blows up. And Bruce Willis immediately on the ground screaming. Here's the thing. Nick's right. He's got a brownish stubbled beard. Very strange. It's very weird to look at. And his face has been smoothed over. I guess they're trying to make him look younger. And mm-hmm. I think that's what they tried to do. They did a they did a Photoshop pass on him, smooth out his body, make him look younger and get and give his beard young, a younger beard. But it looks really well, wrong. That's why I think. I want you know when you do a movie with Bruce Willis, no matter what, it seems like he holds all the power, right? It sounds like no matter where you are in your career, whether it be Ryan Johnson or Brian A. Miller, it sounds like Bruce Willis kind of holds the cards. And they probably were like, "Hey, Bruce, we're going to do a a movie, uh, a flashback here. You're going to be 20 years younger. Why don't we throw a wig on you? You know, we'll put like some long blonde-haired wig. Nope, just CGI brown my beard." my stubble and like we got you that's fine you know um he looks exactly the same he looks like old bruce willis with um you know but he's got that soft focus on him to try to make him look younger. He does have soft and, focus, I, and, and you know that there is a guy who moved from the midwest to hollywood to pursue a career in digital effects mm-hmm. who is at home late at night uh way past his bedtime probably missing something important individually painting beard hairs on Bruce Willis. <laughs> Got to reassess your life. Yeah, and he is, I, he's Here's like, the first zoom I'm going to bring to this. I Bruce Willis is acting his ass off in this scene. And he's on the ground writhing screaming, uh, you know, cuz his family's blown up and he's been blown 
backwards by the explosion a little bit. They don't show that, but you just, it, the impact of this this horror, this explosion has knocked him to the ground. And just like his his severed ties to his family has also knocked him to the ground, locked him loose. Um, and I was like, fuck, man, he's really giving it his all. But then I read that he didn't actually fall to the ground. He refused. They actually had a CGI. He stood straight up against the green screen. They CGI ground behind him. It's a big zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a stubborn actor. Nick. Well, and the thing is, uh, it, there's music playing over it and it's in staccato flashback. So there's no audio of Bruce Willis mourning, Mm-mm. which the key. I think sound is the most important part of an actor's delivery in a moment like this. Mm-hmm. And and they steal it from us because they know better. Because the anguish on Bruce's face is not even they didn't even take it a scene from that day. No, no, no. Uh, his driver was five minutes late to pick him up on set and he fell to the ground and they, no, and they were, he no, he no. When his driver didn't show up, he sure as fuck did. Cameras weren't rolling. Mm-hmm. No, they, they, he didn't fall for that trick. Cause they actually asked his driver to be late. Cause they were hoping they could catch him on the ground, uh-huh. but he's so smart, but no, they, yeah, he did. Yeah. I, I get it. You're right. He wanted to, I wonder if he was on the set for, I think I saw something in the, in the trivia that there is trivia for this movie that said, I was confusing. It said something about uh, a one day shoot for him. It's hard to believe that he would do all this in one day, but maybe they did. Maybe they did just have him for a day. Didn't he want to like a lot of money for like expendables too, for just a day of shooting? Something like that. Yeah. And, and, and the story is that they offered him the role of the prince and he was, they wanted him to be the lead. Is that true? That's absolutely true. And he's like, no, he's like, fuck that. He read the script. He's like, I want to play Omar. It's his and name you, and you don't even need to change his name because I reek of Omar. And and so Jason Patrick was like, all right, man, I'll say yes. I mean, I, Bruce said, no, I'm I'm in. You know, so he's got I'll the work. Paul. Yeah. I'll be Paul. You know, it's funny because Patrick is good. He's a good actor, I think. And he he he's a handsome man. Obviously, he looks clean cut in this. But he doesn't there's he comes to life in only certain scenes and the scenes that he comes to life in that he looks happiest is when he's acting with Cusack. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Cusack doesn't reciprocate. Actually, Patrick looks like he's loving it. Well, so let's, let's go to the beginning of this thing. Um, So you were talking about your favorite scenes with me, like you liked him at the beginning. So at the beginning, so after this flashback sequence happens where uh, a family's blown up and Bruce Willis's um, tragedy struck, I guess. They cut away years later to a garage, uh, a mechanic's garage, and Jason Patrick is sleeping on like a couch or something, and he wakes up and he starts doing mechanic stuff. He's a mechanic, Nick. Mm-hmm. He's got three classic cars, all in different states of repair. Um, he's he there's some there's a socket wrench happening. He's over an engine. You know that he's a mechanic. There's like a light. What do they call that? Work light hanging off a of hood. Wearing the old baggy overalls. Yeah, he's doing it. You know, he's, he doesn't have, he won't put a smudge, like a grease smudge on his face, but you know, he's a mechanic and uh, he orders pizza. He's, he's, he's peckish. Yeah. And then he takes a FaceTime call from his daughter. Well, it's a, and, it's on his computer, but yeah. Yeah. He could do FaceTime through a Mac, right? That's true. And so, and he, he it's so, and then they do a weird thing at the beginning of this movie that made me laugh is that Jason Patrick spends about a minute doing like pizza work, like pizza acting with his daughter. And at one point it, during the face FaceTime call, he 
pretends that he was going to feed her the pizza through the computer. Yes, he does. Which is very Videodrome to me. But like it's it's a uh, it made me laugh. And then he was what he does. And when that at the end of that scene, he then he flings it, flings a pizza away, <laughs> done with the prop. Like he is doing a lot of pizza. The work. thing I love about that sequence yeah. is it is lit like like a love scene in Armageddon. <laughs> Like beams of light, it's rich. It's it, it is like so lovingly shot. Yeah, and it's probably intentional. Golden They're probably light shining through the old house. There. They're showing Jason Patrick's character, Paul Brennan, at his happiest. This is his happy moment. He is at work. He gets to talk to his daughter. He gets pizza. You know, what I'm saying this is like heaven for his character. Right, and that's the the brief shining or brief. I don't know period of peace in this film well it's five minutes honestly it's it's one of those things where once his because at the end of the phone call somebody is accosting his daughter it's not he's a jerk to her um but the guy the guy yeah he an off-camera voice yells at his daughter right and um there's a moment of concern from jason patrick talking to his daughter beth and from there on you could see the life go out of his eyes and he becomes the merciless hunter and uh you know the prince. He, he he he's the great white now, prowling the uh, the old water. Well, he goes from concerned dad to revenge. He, he you know to, to detect. He goes into detective mode. Then he goes into killer mode. Um, the, but what did you think before we move on to this? Could you rate his FaceTime acting uh, on a scale to one to ten? Uh, at least a ten. Yeah, ten being uh, terrible. No, it kills it, and I I, I have to admit. Mm-hmm. For a fan of Jason Patrick, to have another smaller J- Jason Patrick on the screen, on mm-hmm. the, on the front facing camera, to see him twice, I was giddy. So we, I mentioned that he 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 pretends to feed his daughter pizza. I, I, meant, I mentioned he flings it. I don't know if we see him take a bite. I don't think so. But we didn't mention this. He actually waves with the pizza. He like waves goodbye with the pizza. Yeah. Jesus, pizza acting, Nick. Yeah. You didn't know what you're getting. You didn't know all the value adds that were going to be in this thing. Hmm. Uh, and this is after the credits, which the credits try to tell a story. You got motion graphics. You got newspaper headlines. You got weird stills of the leads. Lots of clip. Lots of newspaper headlines uh, concerning violence and right. killings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would you pay attention to those headlines? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Anything good? It's just yeah. There's like lots of shootings going on. There's uh, turf war. You know, there's all sorts of great shit. Uh, Bruce Willis's character Omar was uh, was acquitted in a trial. You know, all sorts of very important stuff that you know. And then of course it sets you up. It gets you chomping at the bit for this movie that's about to unfold. Definitely, yeah. lots of daughter drama in this. The beginning, very beginning, very daughter drama heavy. Yeah, you got the dead, the dead daughter. You get Beth. Right. Brennan, who is like this is my other Zoom here, another Zoom G, played by Gia Montagna or Monte. I say it, Montag- Montagna. But she, anyway, she's the daughter of Joe Montagna. Right. Okay. Now follow me here. She also appeared with Cusack, this actress, in a movie called Frozen Ground. Oh my okay. goodness! With Nick Cage. Nick Cage about a killer. John Cusack plays a serial killer where he takes young women into the wilderness and hunts them. Nice. After he strips their clothes off. It's very... And then Nick Cage is pursuing this killer. All right? Joe Montaigne was in a movie called Naked Fear. Nice. 
about 10 years earlier. Same story, Nick. The same story. Nice. And he played the Nick Cage character. And who played the Cusack character? I don't know. And it's a, it's a very much more of a low budget movie and a lot more nudity. I I happened upon it on cable one night and I refused to turn it off. It's called Naked Fear. <laughs> but I mean, look at that. It's like a six degrees of separation type thing here. You know, Episode who knew it? 192. <laughs> Naked Fear? <laughs> oh, no. I shouldn't have said it. Oh, there's so much naked. And then, uh, okay, so then, so this, that, this, after that scene, Jason Patrick prays. We talked about that. Uh, and then he goes looking for his daughter. He, he keeps trying to call her for about a couple of days, doesn't get a hold of her. There's some dude picks up the, her phone and is like, I don't know who you're talking about, man. This is, I found this phone. And Jason Patrick is like, I got to go. You know, the police are useless. I got to go track down what happened to my dot. Yeah. Well, the thing you know, is, like, th- there was like a lot of buzz when this was being made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a social network, a lot of people just call it the Facebook movie, right? Well, this was yeah. one they kept calling the FaceTime movie. They're like, this, yeah, I know. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, have you seen the FaceTime movie yet? Like, no, it's not out yet, man. We just, but if you're ever overseas in the Middle East, you might get a chance. But yeah, Jason Patrick doing FaceTime multiple instances in this movie mm-hmm. blows yeah. me away. Yeah, and you know, this is the thing you'll never know. He he had never done FaceTime before, like before this. He and and since. And you, you would never be able to tell, you know, I mean, his, that's how good of an actor he is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not gonna, so, I could argue with you. So he goes to his daughter's place, uh, daughter's place, knocks once, kicks in the door. Yeah. He's very concerned. And he starts looking around her place and he does an amazing thing that only the best detectives do. Finds a picture of her uh, with a friend outside of a bar, goes to that bar. Yes. And we meet our second lead. But not before he looks on her wall. Do you see what he saw? No. On her wall? A picture of uh, two chickens, a drawing of two chickens facing each other in two different frames. It's like a mirror image, two chickens. Which I thought was nice. And then she also, and the daughter also had a TV VCR combo. Oh, it's hot. And so then, yeah, he goes to a place. Do you remember the name of this place? I don't, but it's a bar. The Brickyard. Oh, Here's something happened in that scene, though. So we were introduced to Jessica Lowndes, who is our second lead in this film. Yeah, ex-90210 reboot actress. She starts off playing a very one-note, like a very unlikable kind of character. But she kind of comes into her own a little bit later in terms of acting. She plays a party party girl, a friend of Beth, sort of. But certainly a, a... a person that's uh, doing drugs and drinking a lot. And when she meets Jason Patrick at, at first, she's flirting with him. She's obviously drunk and annoyed at him. And then also wants to have sex with him. Not at the beginning. Pretty much from the get. She's with somebody Pretty much else. from the get. Well, here's the thing. This blew me away. This is a super zoom. Mm-hmm. They go outside and they're having a conversation. Right. And Jason Patrick's got cold breath air coming out of his mouth. Hardcore. She has none. Whoa, she man. does not expel cold breath there, and he does. In that whole scene, blew my blew my mind. I didn't catch this. What a super zone! And I'll tell you, there's the, originally I wrote a note about this because I was I just thought it was so cool to see like tangible proof of Jason Patrick's life. 
you know, that frozen air, his breath, that's a breathing man. Mm -hmm. That's an alive J Jason Patrick I'm seeing there. And, uh, yeah. and, and, it, and it warmed me. But then I noticed, yeah, Jessica Lowndes, no, no special breath coming out. So I'm wondering, A, is it CGI? And did Jason Patrick have a clause in his contract that only I can have special breath? Mm -hmm. Or was it the angle? Or maybe there wasn't backlighting enough to make Jessica Lowndes' actual onset wicked breath come out. Or, or, or is she a fucking zombie? Or, or was Jason Patrick's soul leaving his body at that moment? <laughs> he did say later on that acting with Jessica Lowndes changed everything. <laughs> changed everything for him. Um, I, I, think, I actually, I, I, did you read the whole quote? Mm -mm. Jessica Lowndes, working with Jessica Lowndes on set, changed my choice from craft services that evening because she said that the tortillas were stale. There's, they didn't have craft services on this movie. There's no way. There is no way. 18, um, 18 million dollars. Where did it go? To Bruce Willis, I guess. I, I, they, they pay Bruce Willis to be in it. I mean, Cusack Patrick, I guess, took some took some of that. Lowndes probably didn't get paid much. Well, they John Harvey probably didn't get paid much. They shot it for IMAX. Oh, never mind. Yeah. No, they, I'm sorry. They edited it on IMAX. <laughs> um, hey, what kind so, of car does she drive? Oh, God. I don't know. Man, zoom in. Ford Expedition. Does she? Yeah. So, yeah. So, what, so he's he obviously is taking a cab to... He, he hops off the plane, takes a cab to his daughter's house, then takes a cab to the brickyard, meets up with his friend who's in the picture. Jessica Lowndes is in this picture. He just happens to um, see, she just happens to be there that night. His detective skills, perfect. Mm -hmm. And um, so he says that he needs her help. She, uh, she, she's like, well, I can, she's friends with this dude at another bar, right? Or something. Is that, is, is this, wait, did they go to New Orleans first? Or they go to a second bar. First? They go what to, they no, they, uh, she's hungry. So they go to like a, like a TGI Fridays type of place. And that's where they get right. more exposition. Okay. And that's when he decides that he's going to pay her to go to New yeah. Orleans with him. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's what I was thinking. Cause th she says that she's friends with a drug dealer from New Orleans, I guess. And then he's like, take me to New Orleans to point this guy out. And I'll give you 500 bucks. And she, she's like, all right. So he drives her car there and she's to sleep in the passenger side, you know, the mm -hmm. passenger seat. Mm -hmm. And um, they go to a club and Jason Patrick tells her, look, it's better if you're not seen with me. And she's like, why? He's like, just don't worry about it. you going first. You case the joint. I'll sit in the corner. And if you see this drug dealer, you see this dude, give me a signal. I have to. I have to zoom in. Mm -hmm. You got the order wrong. He goes what? in first, and he's already situated. Oh, he goes in he first. Comes he goes in after it. Yeah, that's right. That's Please right. don't he mess says, up perfection, Justin. No, no, you're right. You're right. But she doesn't listen to him. She actually proceeds to do a flirty dance and try to give him a lap dance yes. in there. Yes. She. And he's like, and he's not into it. He's like, come on. Um, but that club. Mind if I zoom in? Yeah. Got a blue hue. I think it's called Pure. Is this? Yeah. I didn't write that down, but I'm almost positive it's called Pure. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, hey, did you see this dude? And she's like, nah. And he's like, all right, let's go back to one of my safe houses. He's like, grind, just grind for like another couple hours. Grind this fucking giant Patrick. He He's not into her, but she's she thinks it's you know time to flirt hard with her friend's dad. And um, 
he's just he's not showing her any signs that he is interested. Mm-mm. He's not. It's not like he's treating her like she's star, right? I'm from Lost Boys, right? Yeah. But they do. Uh, they do go to a club where Don Harvey is. It's later. They go to a safe house first to rest. Yeah, but is there anything to talk about at the safe house? Yeah, he takes off his shirt and shows some fake wounds. That's Remember? after the fight. God damn. That's after the fight. No, no, no. Hold on. No, no, it isn't. The safe house first. You're, you're right. You're right. And here, did you notice something about him when he takes his shirt off? There's, tap? there's an exquisite patch of lower back hair. Like a little. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> It's like a little like uh, Brillo brush, like a little mer- like a back merkin or something. He's got yeah, there, yeah. He's got some. He's a. That's why I wrote. I wrote Harry is dill. He's a hairy man. That guy. Who knew? Did you know? Oh yeah. And he's sucking in his gut a little bit. I I can relate. You know, because he's shirtless a lot in this. He's not like he's a, he's 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 kind of ripped, but he's he's got a little bit of a pouch he, or a paunch. He's he's sucking it in. I can't. The camera is zooming up tilted upwards not showing the tummy i get it yeah there is some uh and she says to him did you remember what she whispers sexily to him in his ears tracing her fingers over his wounds uh-uh. she says do these she said do these fake scars hurt and he goes he said she goes did it hurt pointing to his gunshot wound yeah but they're super fake they look like they put silly putty on them yeah just like when he's stitching himself up later in the film mm-hmm. this discolored uh area that he's you know, this putty that he's knitting, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, I got, I got to give him credit. He, he, uh, he went there, you know, he did it. So they do, he does go to a bar, um, after this. And do you remember what that bar is called? Sensations. I think it's called excite. Okay. Yeah. And that's where we meet Mr. Don Harvey. Mm-hmm. And then director. We meet the guy that is friends with, that was friends with his daughter, this douche. Right. And that's where we kind of start to realize that Jason Patrick is no joke. Yeah. Before this, you just think he's a concerned dad, has a shady past, but all of a sudden they, Don Harvey tells a story uh, basically about John Wick, about how he came into a, a bar and just shot up the place. Bodies, seven bodies fell and he had a gun pointed at him, Don Harvey. And the Jason Patrick didn't pull the trigger, and he always wondered why. Why? Why didn't Jason Patrick pull the trigger? We have ran out of bullets, but the I there I like that scene because uh, first of all, Don Don shows up with a bottle of Jack Daniels, which is so. This movie does not know it's whiskey at all, but it's funny yeah. because uh, he comes up there with a with a bottle of, of Jack, and he sits down with this guy and says, "Hey, a part of part of my friend here for not knowing who he, you know who he's dealing with, whatever." Patrick does this thing, and the guys, there's a cute little moment. Uh, I think this was supposed to be like a big line in the movie. It's where he was talking about how much of a badass, and then Patrick goes, right, he downs, he takes a shot of this of this Jack Daniels and says, I used to drink back then. Mm-hmm. To where it's like, oh, so like that's synonymous with him unlocking the badass. Like he, yeah, he is, and then he, unforgiven moment. Yeah, he, so he's, you could already see he's starting to turn back into that fucking ruthless badass. Yeah, so this 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 guy he's questioning, this drug dealer is friends with his daughter, is giving him shit. He's like, he's like, get the fuck out of here, Jason Patrick, you fucking douche. You know, I don't know who you are, you dummy. 
And then he's playing with fire. And that's when Don Harvey interrupts and is like, excuse my nephew. Um, he doesn't know that you're the coldest blooded, blooded killer um, that New Orleans has ever seen, you know, in this movie. And so he explained, he, that's when he tells him Jason Patrick's backstory and everybody wets themselves. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so he, he leaves without killing anybody from the, in that scene. But then he gets uh, into and a he, fight. And he goes, he, he, he's, he gets another lead of the pharmacy. He said, there's a guy named the pharmacy that he has to go see played by 50 cent. Right. 50 cent plays the pharmacy in this. Yeah. Another drug dealer. I don't know if you could tell from his name. He's a drug dealer. Yeah. In this. Um, but not before we get another scene of Omar, Bruce Willis, uh, confronting a very acutely named character. Who looks a lot like Papa John Schnatter. Yeah. I wish he was in this. But do you remember the guy's name in this? No. Donnie Musical. <laughs> so they talk about this guy. His name is Donnie Musical. He's standing at the edge of the pool, which means he's going to get shot into the pool. And there, it's it's Bruce Willis and his um, second in command, Rain. Right. And uh, Bruce Willis has this monologue where he describes that this guy's taken money from him and therefore can't live in. Before the actor can actually say one word of dialogue, they shoot him into the pool. Oh, he sh- yeah, he's shot into the pool, and it's mm-hmm. and 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 to Rain's credit, he is trying his damnedest to to provide some life in these scenes. Mm-hmm. And even though he looks, yeah, he's and he's got to be many many decades. Willis's junior, he's he's his confidant, he's his consigliere, mm-hmm. and he's trying. He's he's basically you know he's got all the right advice, and Bruce Willis will have none of it. Yeah, Rain's jo- job in this is to carry out Bruce Willis's orders, but he also says, "Look, a couple of times, we do not need to pursue Jason Patrick because what we find out is that Jason Patrick, one Paul Brennan, is in fact the very same person that blew up." the daughter and wife of Bruce Willis. And he was wearing a dumbass hat when he did it. Yeah. They have a flashback scene. They add Patrick there and he tries to yell. He doesn't realize that Bruce Willis isn't going to get in the car. He didn't realize that he thinks that's, he's just trying to kill Bruce Willis. He's not trying to kill any other family members. Yeah. Collateral but, damage. Um, uh, it's great mm-hmm. too. Cause uh, um, there's this right before, and there's a little dialogue where his is with his, his very normal looking wife, which was nice to see. But, um, the, 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 he promises his wife that his daughter won't be late to school. He does. That zoom in? That's a promise that gets broken. <laughs> That's what I said. Bonnie Somerville, I think, is the wife. Am I wrong? Oh, I don't know. So I, zoom in. Just, I think it's her. And she's married to a man named, uh, this is a hard Zoom, Dave McClain. Well, and the funny thing is, who played his wife in that movie? Bonnie. What the... Oh my gosh! So they were trying to like sneak in some diehard, like, like let's let's get some of that magic to rub off on us. Let's get some Donnie, some some Bonnie, Bonnie Bedell. Yeah, yeah, I mean Jesus. Yeah, yeah. We anyway. This is like a twist. This is some twisty zooms here, some tasty zooms, some finger licking zooms. Yeah. But to get back to this, he de- his daughter does blow up heavenward with his wife. <laughs> Their bodies merge together in this explosion. They fly heavenward and hellward and Bruceward. Um, and uh, he says, explains to Rain a few times this movie. This guy killed my wife and child. I'm not letting it go. And uh, he's right. He, he's right not to let it go. In fact, Bruce Willis, you know, he's a crime boss in this, but he's got a legitimate complaint. Don't you think? I mean, to an extent. Jason Patrick might be a dick at this. 
know, at the end there, I won't go too far like to spoil the end, but he does get some hero music at the end. I'm like, this guy killed a child. Like he sucks, you know? <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know, what's funny is, um, and then there's the, the main thing I want to talk about in this movie is later on in the movie, but I will tell you that you, the words that you used hit hard for me because during the most, what's supposed to be the most supercharged emotional moment in the film's climax, Bruce Willis is screaming his lungs out and it's the worst shit I've ever seen. No, there's, there's a, there's a component to it. That's even makes it even worse. Okay. But I'm, we'll get there, but I will say, but, but you said his wife and child, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the exact line that he screams at Jason Patrick. He screams, what about my wife and child? Nobody, nobody would say child. Like I said, a legitimate complaint. He's got a legitimate grievance. But he would never call his uh, somebody that was so important to him his child. He would say her name. He would say kid. He would, it, it wouldn't be as nobody calls. Oh, I would like you to meet my child. No, well, he's right. To, he's right to assume that Jason Patrick would not know the name of the child he murdered. You know, he's probably he's he's throwing him a bone if he says uh, my wife and Gretchen. You know, like or uh, my Jason, it's great Jason Patrick's character from going. Who's that? Who's Gretchen? <laughs> First of all, you know Patrick obsessed over the newspaper stories about that because he was racked with grief about it. Oh, he seems completely racked with grief. Well, he did give it up. He did leave town. I like it because Bruce Willis talks about uh, terrain. He talks about it being like a phantom limb, like that he, you know, he still feels he still feels the pain or whatever. And uh, I almost believed it from Bruce Willis. And then uh, I looked in his eyes and saw nothing. Bruce Willis looking like a once a list Lex Luthor in this. Is he not? Less Luthor. It is insane how many of these kind of movies Bruce Willis has done in the past decade. He's the lead. He's in the lead. Cusack and Patrick both have to be in these movies now. Bruce Willis is he's he has done he's must have done three times as much as both of them put together. No, you know, it's funny because I think he's got I'm sure he has a therapist and uh, he's like, yeah, when I first started, I want to be a musician and I I was on TV. I wanted to be a good actor and then I wanted to be the best uh, box office guy and have my own franchise. And then I want to try my hand working with some serious filmmakers and do some kind of important films. And then I want to just rack up frequent flyer miles. I think it's the least amount of work for the most amount of money. I think that's probably his, uh, that's what he's, he's aiming for these days. And still can turn in a legitimate good performance when, when asked when he, when he gives a F. Fandom has turned to hate. You were bound to deteriorate. 
think we've discovered that he is a meat golem that good directors can can use to to good use but left to his own yeah. devices he's just like this empty empty puddle oh yeah and this in this movie for sure that's what's happening um but patrick then explains to this is this is why i sympathize with jessica Lowndes, who is like like nick said pretty, you know she's fine in this movie like she's um young actress 
her role in this is to listen to men talk to her. Like they, so he, everybody had like Cusack does it. Um, Willis at one point does it. And Patrick of course gives her his origin story and Willis never talks to her. I think it, he does. He, t- Oh no, he talks to Beth. He take he talks to Beth Brennan. I'm, fo- I'm sorry. You're right. He doesn't get a scene with her, but she has to, when Cusack is explaining what the prince, the title of the prince means, which I don't follow. Um, and then when Patrick is saying, you know, why he left New Orleans and what he, who he is and scaring her, she has to kind of just nod her head and in tears and listen, you know, um, she does a good job. They say good acting's reacting. She's certainly doing a lot of that. She looks good know? in plaid, you know, mm-hmm. very, very, uh, uh, uh She's a gorgeous actress. Um, you know, I don't know her work outside of the 90210 re- reboot, but she was fun on that show. She was like kind of a, uh, she had a fun character on that show. I watched some of that. Cool. But she's in a lot. She's in more. She was in a movie. I don't know if you remember. It's called Altitude or something. That was like a, a, a plane movie. And there was like a Lovecraftian monster. Uh, excuse in me. Cloud. My friend directed that movie. Yeah. She's in that movie. Do you remember that? Yeah. I don't remember. It was her. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie was, was kind of fun, right? Harry Andrews, he's a sweetheart, great guy. Yeah, it, it was a cool premise. At least I can't remember it too much, but she she was, I think, at least I think she was the lead in that, or at least one of them. Wow. Zoom in. Yeah, I mean, you know, what's funny is because I, you know, was that a Learjet or is that a Langolier jet? <laughs> um, so audience is probably asking at this point. Why aren't they talking about Cusack? We'll get there. He's got... We got to talk about Sheck before we talk about Cusack. All right. So Jonathan Sheck, everybody knows is from that thing you do and from the Roadhouse sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just a and, and the uh, Lake Placid sequel. He's, you know, he's a good looking guy. Kinda, Ex-husband of Christina Applegate. Kind of fell off the world, right? Mm-hmm. He's still a handsome man. Yeah, I think he's a... I think he wrote some stuff, too. I think he dabbled in uh, other you know, branches of the filmmaking world. Good for him. He plays uh, a, uh, an ammo and gun dealer. And uh, he is sort of the Robert Duvall in Jack Reacher character here. Mm -hmm. He's like your, your gun shop source, your guy with the, you know, little past. He's connected somehow. Gets two scenes in this movie. Mm -hmm. He must've been like walking around on fucking clouds for a couple of weeks now. Mm hmm. Yeah, Jason Patrick knew his dad, and uh, Jonathan Sheck is, is suspicious at first, but then helps him, gives him lots of guns. You know, gives you know Jason Patrick had stored some stuff at his gun shop with his dad, who is now passed. But you know, he gets his bag back, Nick. His he gets his tools of the trade back, and it turns out they're shitty, and so Sheck has to give him better ones. Mm-hmm. Gives gives him some new some new guns. With some, he asked for some kind of weird bullets. I'm not a gun guy. Yeah, really. Do you remember what he said? Uh, He won a lot of them. I remember that. He said something else too, like not hollow point, but I'm sure they were great. So then they go to they. Then he goes to Cusack because he has to. He keeps telling Lowndes that she needs to be to go away, and she won't. And he so now that people like he knows that Bruce Willis is on to him, or at least he suspects it. He needs to get her to safety, and he takes um. He takes Jessica Lowndes, her character Angela, I think is her name, to Johnny Cusack's hotel, where he, an old friend of Jason Patrick, 
and he's got a huge ass Christmas tree in the lobby of this yeah. hotel, like huge. Well, they're like, let's capture some of that diehard magic. Yeah. Um, and Cusack's showing up with the strangest hair, I'd say. His in the, hair is in, in the movie very bizarre. Very bizarre. It looks, it looks like he had a mullet before they started filming, and then he blindfolded himself, spun himself around, and then cut it. Yeah, you know, like with uh, I don't know, straight razor or something. It's very strange. Maybe a wig. I don't know what it is. You know, the funny thing is, is I don't think I'll ever experience a moment in my life where I'm not thrilled when I see John Cusack on. He is just so vital and such a, he's done so much good work that he's got a much longer leash of forgiveness than most people would. Make. Here's the thing, Bruce or John Cusack. This is he out of anyone in the movie, including Bruce Willis is giving the least amount of shit. Like he is basically just reciting his lines. Like he is not invested and he's still fine. He's still John Cusack. So he's charismatic. You know, and you, he's rumpled and fine. You know, well, he has an action sequence in this movie though, which blew my mind that that he could I mean, be persuaded barely. to do that. No, he's he's got an action sequence. He does have. He's 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 running and gunning. Is that what you're saying? Hiding behind pillars, kicking ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, getting shot at all over the place. But he also smoking maybe probably. Let me zoom in. The best cigar of all time, right, Nick? No, he's not because. <laughs> I thought it would make you mad. They call it a Monte Cristo. It's a box press cigar, which Monte Cristos typically aren't. And the <coughs> logo on it looks like a Gurkha Red Witch. But it's... Zoom in. Yeah. Jesus. But I... I, Hey, I, I, I just like seeing cigars, you know, not frowned upon. Did he Did he look like he was a cigar guy when he was smoking that? No. Yeah. No. You know that there's those actors that are, and they always find a way to shoehorn it in, but no, it doesn't seem like that was the case with him. Yeah. Have, so have they been to the pharmacy at this point? Have they visited Curtis Jackson yet? Mm, no. Yes, they have. Because no, they yes, haven't. Because yes, yes. um, I, I have it in order. Big ass Christmas tree drops Lowndes off, and then he goes to 50 Cents without Lowndes. Yeah, but the daughter is with them when the shootout happens. The daughter is at the hotel. Yeah, of course, but that's 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 later. There's another scene at the hotel. Okay, that's right. Thinking. Yeah, he leaves the hotel, then he goes mm-hmm. to Fifty Cent's place, and there that's kind of his the 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 second most ludicrous fight like action sequence in this movie. Mm-hmm. We've already seen him kill two guys on the road, like who were pursue, pursue while one of them was about to die. There's a car chase where they're shooting at him, and there's a scene where he beats up three guys in a parking lot. So we've already started to see Jason Patrick as a badass, and we've heard all this mm-hmm. talk about him. And then when he goes to Fifty Cent's place. He, tr- he tough talks with the bouncer. Mm-hmm. He gets in there and then he has his. I love the bouncer. Like just he, he, the, the bouncer kind of wilts under it. He's like, all right, I'll take you in. Yeah. Like he. Yeah. And and, yeah. and Patrick's doing tough talk. He's like, he's like, uh, mm-hmm. I'll get you'll get it when I you'll get this gun back when, when you leave. He goes, I know I will. You know, like he's so tough. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so he goes and meets 50 and actually 50 cent actually has maybe five lines of dialogue, but they're convincing. He's fine. He's in a lot of these type of movies as well. I think he's starting. I looked at the trivia. This he's this is like his third movie with Bruce Willis. At least, not that they have any scenes together, but right. Um, but yeah, the shock of the movie happens in this scene to me. I can't wait. So Brett, Jason Patrick is tough talking Fifty Cent and his uh, his his henchman, asking about his daughter. Where is she? I know she, your friends are there and, you know, 50 cents ripping his daughter. And then out of nowhere, one of the henchmen pulls a blanket back and in the room. The daughter's there. She's under a blanket the whole time. Yep. She's in a blankie. Hi. 
you know, coming down off a high, I guess. Yeah. But I think Jason Patrick should have acted more surprised in that sequence. He kind of, oh, I found her, you know. But, you know, then 50 Cent does a big mistake. He's like, you can't have this, you know, this B word. And then Jason Patrick has to kill everybody. Well, no, he uh, says, by the way, I, Omar said for me to keep. Oh, yeah. We have to keep you here, here for Omar and rain. So and that's when Patrick's like, oh, shit, I need to hustle because I'm a badass. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he he uh, gets the upper hand on the on the guy with a gun, takes out everybody, takes out Mr. Jackson. Uh, and John Wicks. It. Yeah, he kills them and then he carries his daughter. And there's a sequence of him escaping the uh, drug den with his daughter in tow over her shoulder. Yeah, over his shoulder. Yeah. And he drops her every once in a while. He drops her down to fight, drops her on the floor to fight, picks her back up. He's running. Uh, it's very much like running. a video game. It's like a video it's like, game. Escape. Yeah, it's like Lone Wolf and Lone Wolf and Cub, Jason Patrick and Cub, right? I, I guess, or I mean, or yeah, like, no, you, there's no, I guess. I mean, it's exactly perfect. I was thinking more like Metal me. Gear, where you have to carry somebody, mm-hmm. put them down to shoot some stuff, and then solve a you know riddle, move a move a block, or open up a box, and then pick that person back up and carry him. That's what it felt like. And of course, Jason I felt Patrick, more like to me, it felt more like to me like Pac Man, like Jason Patrick's running around eating goat. all sorts of snacks. Yeah, you know, shooting, avoiding the ghosts of his past. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, stopping for hot pretzel, strawberry well, floating around. Yeah, I mean, it's like his 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 like he's a not really an omnivore. His diet consists of dots and fruit. Dots being daughter, short for daughter. Occasional ghosts, right? But yeah, he throws well, those back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Patrick, did he ever do any voice work in video games? Because that's a missed opportunity for him. I could I could hear. Yeah, that. he was Diddy Kong. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a huge that's a huge zoom. Whoa, what? Yeah, uh, it, it would have been. You know what? Somebody should do a fan edit of a ghost story, and have Casey Affleck. You know, the whole movie happens, and at the end, Pac Man devours him. <laughs> well, that's a great idea. Oh, we did. That's another one that we did. Nick Ghost Story back in the day. If any Ghost Story fans missed that one, dig back into our. Uh, our back catalog of episodes. We 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 really kind of put the cap around. Here's that. how long we've been doing it. There are times when I'll see it, like a movie in my library or on, uh, and I'll get excited that we're gonna that we have to do it, and it's when we've already done. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, uh, I can't wait for us to do you know f- whatever the movie is, you know, and and Nighthawks. It's like, oh god, I, I, let's do that'd be so much fun to do, and then I realize we did it. You know what you're gonna do this weekend or ne- this week coming up? What's that? I can't wait when we do the prints. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's it. That's a, we didn't talk about this yet, but Cusack is, he does spill the beans on why he tells the story to Jessica Lanza about a prince in, in Egypt. Maybe I think in Egypt. Is that right? Oh my gosh. Is it right? Maybe that's what, anyway, some, something like that. And he tells the story. I couldn't really follow it. Yeah. But about a prince and, you know, killing people. It's just like they're supposed to relate. It must be an actual story in history that's supposed to relate to Jason Patrick's character. I'm starting to realize a lot. Yeah, This movie had to have been made with Saudi money. That's the financiers for this movie. And and they pulled the wool over these investors' eyes by saying, well, we need $18 million to make the prince. Mm-hmm. And these guys were like, well, you guys know your business. We wouldn't dare uh, send in even a rudimentary accountant, you know, who has who has seen who has, who has seen a Jason Patrick movie um, mm-hmm. to determine. And then so, oh, let's have a little story about 
Egypt in this thing and use Prince. They love their princes there. And let's release it first ever release in the United Arab Emirates. Hmm. Uh, hmm. The Hollywood of, of the dust of the dust, as it's called out there. And I think this may be one of the greatest cons ever pulled. Maybe they were like, let's, and if we're lucky, we'll ignite a Jason Patrick franchise. Right. You know, we'll just keep raking in the dough. Yeah. And then, and then, instead, instead, instead Nick, they raked in the dough. So, good, you, right? you noticed the graffiti on the wall in pharmacies? Uh, yeah, it said Samson. No, something. it said Sanson. Sanson? Is it Sanson? With an N. Did I write it down right? Let me see if I wrote it down right. S A N S O N Sanson. Yep. Yeah. Wonder what it means. Is it? Wonder if it's somebody one somebody involved in the uh, the production of this film's last name or something. Well, I know that uh, on the Hollywood Stock Exchange, that was the that was this the, the IPO for the. <laughs> yeah, it's now. It's if anybody's wondering if anybody wants to break into my any of my my Gmail or any of my bank account, it's my new password for all of it. Sanson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Sanson dollar sign, Sanson minus dollar sign. Um, <laughs> um, so here's the great thing. Um, they have this giant, he escapes, right? Right. And, he brings his daughter, he gets his daughter back. Yeah, and then rain, back. rain shows up just a little bit too late. He gets put one of the people out of their misery, but uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, they're setting up this invasion at the hotel. So, mm-hmm. Patrick's all beat up and he's got a bum shoulder through this whole movie. That's kind of his major acting decision. Um, it's like his yes. two choices. His two things were, all right, I want to have a bum shoulder and I don't want you to shave my back muff. That's the two things I need you to not, you know? And then, so there's a scene where they showcase just how illiterate with whiskey they are. Again, Cusack is helping Jason Patrick cause he's, he's injured and he brings this bottle of this, this little tiny pharmacy bottle type uh, beverage, like an, like something you'd buy at the front of a liquor store. And it's, it's, the, it is the epitome of a cheap bottle of, of booze. And Patrick goes, Oh, you got the 12 year. Nobody has ever packaged 12 year old bourbon in, in that kind of bottle in their lives. And they have like a little moment and it's, it's so tone deaf. Took me out of the movie. It was the only part of the movie that wasn't perfect. Like if they, if they like disparaged Twix or Twizzlers or something, and then I, I could hang, I could, I could find fault, but I don't have any idea about whiskey. Yeah, you know, that's that's a, that's you singled that you you soloed that zoom, and I appreciate it. Well, I kind of wish now that there was a scene where Cusack offered him a Twix while he was recovering from his wound. <laughs> Twix actually, Twix made them take uh, the candy out of this film. That's that's where some of the money went, CGI and all of the <laughs> Twix out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, cause- that's why that's that's why you see a bunch of hands grasping these like straw like things with nothing in there. Yeah. Yeah, if you see, if you notice Cusack and Patrick's hands are walking around like this the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he goes to the whorehouse and goes, how's Twix? And and then they, it's like a big joke because all the whores are eating Twix. Mm-hmm. And they had to CGI. They, they CGI. Yeah. Yeah, CGI. Well, yeah. first they CGI'd out the Twix and they had to CGI out the whores. Because mm-hmm. they had they had Twix dust on their fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Better safe than sorry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So when they go back to this hotel before this big battle breaks out, they zoom in on a very one of my. I was so happy to see him. I was. I love a little cameo. The Nutcracker, the Nutcracker's in this. <laughs> big soldier, you know the big. Yeah, yeah, just standing there waiting to 
crack some nuts, Nick. You know what I'm saying? Can I zoom in? Like Jason Patrick, huh? When you walk into my house, straight ahead, six foot tall nutcracker looking right at you. You got you got one in there? Yeah. And during Christmas no, season all or year, all year. Why? Do you ever do you, does it do anything? Does it work? I mean, you, I don't know if you can actually crack nut, you know, but it's got the lever and it's got the mouth and it's creepy looking. I have seen a live production of the Nutcracker when I was a kid and I, I left. I, I, my parents were so excited to take me. I think it was in New York City. It was beautiful. And I was uh, a little guy and I was so upset because it sucked. I was scared. I was actually scared of the of what was happening on stage. I think I was bored, but then also scared there, because it's a, the rat prints and all that stuff. Like with the and, and the, I think the rat, the rat, whatever. Oh, the rat prints. Wait a minute. Is that is a nutcracker in there for because of that? Isn't it the rat prints a character? Am I just making this up? Well, that's also the, that's also the group of actors that Patrick is lunch with. You know, he's not in the brat pack, but he's in the rat prints. You know, it's a smaller I cadre. That, I think somebody gets stabbed in the in the heart with a sword in the nutcracker. And that was too much for me as a kid. I, don't, I mean, I can't. Yeah. Like, you know, I said, I, I looked at my parents. I was probably age five or so. I looked at both of them. I said, we're out. Right. Well, and uh, OK, so there are it's like, you know, like the, the nine levels of hell. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the this the, the nutcracker is like probably the rat king. Honestly, there's no way that they, they would. The bad guy would be a prince. It's probably the rat king. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Or do you see under the cherry moon? But um, the, um, the 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 uh, the Nutcracker unlocks the lowest level of boredom that can exist. <laughs> because you're talking about boredom of just like being in detention or whatever. That's like level one. The Nutcracker having to watch the Nutcracker as a child. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's as modious depths. Like you can't even. It's a combination of boredom and terror. You know. And I'm. And I, I want- what happens in that? There's a, there's the nutcracker. Is he, does he just, the, does someone kiss him like a frog and he becomes like a, a real person? Is, is he, is he trapped in nutcracker form? You, you got the you know wrong person to ask these questions to. I just want to know. And I, I wish that you would just tell me. I, all I know I is, feel like, you, I feel like not only do you know, but you're, you're repressing the memory. Like you probably do know, but you, it's too painful to dig in. No, to. like the, you know how like how you learn things you learn things better if you're excited about them or if you're interested in them and you learn things badly if you're forced forced to 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 learn them mm-hmm. that's what the nutcracker is is entertainment i was it was forced on me and my my body violently rejected it but nothing uh would would get me unenthused about being in a movie theater or getting there early than to see those live streamed nutcracker presentations that they would do on in theaters around the holidays. This is, this is so much has come back to me. I also once won a coloring contest in a newspaper when I lived in Pennsylvania. And I think it's centered around the nutcracker. I think I colored in and won a contest, but then I was too, too sick to attend the award ceremony. I got sick or something. I couldn't go to accept my prize. It was one of a couple kids that won, yeah. but. This is all flooding back to me. It's been a while, you know. Um, and I, if I'm remembering right, the young Jason Patrick also won. I think you probably dodged a huge bullet. Yeah, because would have changed my life. Well, no, I, I think I think Spotlight would have. I think this was like a, a trolling uh, contest by the like some pedophile ring. 
to try to get you guys close to their grasp, and you dodged a super bullet. What's up, QAnon? Shout out. Yeah, so I, um, you know, because I had it, I dodged, you know, we've talked about that on here. I almost got taken away. Well, you you actually le- legitimate. I mean, I was once almost killed by a neighbor, a, a friend of mine, knifed. He chased me with a knife. I almost sta- He almost stabbed me. My mom uh, opened the door at the last moment. But you actually were almost uh, abducted. Yeah. It's true, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, mm-hmm. But he swiped left. So, but um, the the um, the weird thing is, you mentioned being winning a newspaper contest. I recently mm-hmm. was reminded that uh, when I was about seven or eight years old, I was in a play that made yeah. it into the local newspaper. And there's a picture of me playing Puncherello, like uh, from uh, from Chips. No, Puncherello. Which I believe is the Italian story from Chips? that inspired Punch and Judy. Oh, the wife beater. Yeah, well, that's a nice. wife, that's a- an entire show built around mm-hmm. beating your wife. And let me zoom in. Mm-hmm. I now am the. I now represent Punch Cigars, and the mascot is Punch of Punch and oh, Judy. Gosh. It's all making sense. I mean, if you think back to, you know, I, I'm glad that the prince is bringing up these these deeply uh, hidden memories, but. Won the coloring contest. I remember going to amusement park. Uh, I won a huge stuffed animal. I had a. I won a cakewalk when I was a kid a couple of times. I had a huge bout. You peaked. Of success. You, you peaked young. Yeah, I used up all my luck before the age of ten. And they're like, you know, the, they the gods were probably watching. Is like maybe maybe he'll you know hope he doesn't use this up so he can store some a little bit later. And then when I won that final cakewalk, they're like, oh, what, is the, what is the what is the cakewalk? You don't remember it? I don't know what a cakewalk is. So my school used to have, uh, it was awesome. They used to have, and every, you'd go at night at one time a year, like be a carnival or something. And then all the teachers and would put up like games in the, in their classrooms, the different classrooms. And you'd go in uh, and you'd play different games. And one of them was a cakewalk. And what it is, it's a bunch, it's like a musical chair. Hold on. Let me check and see if I've been drinking melatonin. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And so you eventually, you know, the music plays, you go around and they take a chair away, you know, that kind of thing. And then the last person standing is, is a cakewalk. There's strategy involved. Yeah. I mean, you walk slow, you walk fast. Uh, and I, you know, want to cakewalk a couple of times. I don't mean to brag yeah. necessarily. Um, anyway, I'm sorry that I digress, obviously. Um, so big, let's get to the end. Nick. Big, okay. So the, the, the worst, the, the worst shootout. So what happens is the daughter, even though Jason Patrick rescues his daughter from the pharmacy, is about to leave town with Jessica Lowndes in one car, him and his daughter, Beth, in another. Eh, not so fast. Rain intercedes and gets the daughter and, and takes her back to Bruce Willis, knowing that Jason Patrick will be in hot pursuit. All right. That's the ending. Bruce Willis back involved. But chess piece moved back to the board. Um. B-O-R-E-D. And uh, so Jason Patrick puts on a bulletproof vest and goes to the lair of one Bruce Willis. And this is what you were talking about before. It's is it, it, it's a... I noticed something that I want to talk about, but you you talk about what you were... You, please tell me it's his stunt double that you noticed. Bruce Willis? Jason Patrick. I did notice that when in some fights. They yeah. have mm-hmm. equal screen time. In- <laughs> At the end, yeah. What did you notice? I'm excited. I don't know. It's disturbing. I don't know if I want to bring it up quite right now. 
It's I don't know if you noticed it. I I, I hope so. They, like I said, that Bruce Willis had uh, he has the daughter. They have a talk, and then he you know Jason Patrick enters the scene. You know, starts killing people. You know, easily. You know, and Bruce Willis has a gun to Beth. You know, Jason Patrick's daughter. And he is putting his face in her hair. He kisses her hair at one point. He starts kiss. No, not at one point. <laughs> More than once, Nick. If you watch that scene, they, there's a couple times where they he's about to kiss it and they cut away. <laughs> like he keeps put burying his face in her hair and kissing it like it's the his hair that he's missing. Exactly. Like yeah. He misses it. Yeah. You know. He's envious of this this actress's uh, beautiful uh, Auburn luxurious locks. Yeah, Auburn hair, Auburn hair, summer fire. But I mean, he really is like his 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 mouth is like twisted. He's really getting in there. He's really uh, nuzzling into that hair. It is the most active that Bruce Willis is in, his is in this movie, and it's it's, it's way more erotic than anything in Color of Night. Well, that's a given for sure. But yeah, he. He uh, he. So he has plenty of moments to shoot this woman. He keeps threatening to shoot the daughter in the head. He is playing. He has the upper hand, and he doesn't take it. He doesn't. Ha- he has ever take the upper hand. No, he, he unleashes. He unleashes rain on J- uh, Jason Patrick, and they have the maybe the most boring fight sequence in the film. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, and plus they're in an, an an office building in broad daylight, firing automatic weapons, and there is nary a policeman in this film. But um, the thing about Willis, you're right. He is in love with her hair. He's erotic with her hair. And he is not, he, he's never even a threat. He doesn't even, you know, you could tell, like, there's a moment where he says he's going to kill her and then he hesitates and then he doesn't kill her at all and nothing happens. But, um, well, I mean, to be fair, a smarter movie might be, it, it suggests that man, maybe it is sort of suggested that he can't really kill. He doesn't really want to kill this, this young woman. Um he can't do it. He can't bring himself to do it. Maybe that's what they're trying to say that Bruce Willis isn't necessarily conveying. He, they said, Hey, show some um, empathy and sympathy for you, for your victim. And he's like, you mean smell her hair and pretend to kiss it? Yeah. No. Uh, well, it, I wonder if the, that poor actress had a, a hair double. Shit. Uh, you know, I think some of those hairs made their way to planet Hollywood actually. I saw some footage, by the way, this, this, that of, uh, this might interest you of a soap opera and shot in COVID times when the two actors are leaning in for a kiss and they cut to the actor going in for smooch and the other act, the actress is replaced by a mannequin. <laughs> and so he goes <laughs> for, for like a, you know, like yeah. for a makeout sesh. Uh, and he's kissing all up on a mannequin, you know, with its back to us. Right. And I wonder if the actress in this movie requested that. You know. And she got it. As a matter of fact, they tried it with uh, with the mannequin, and it blew Bruce Willis off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, so there's this giant shootout in this building, and then he dispatches Rain, who had been sneaking up on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of me died because Rain was a, a, a sign of life in the movie. Yeah, Rain breathed, breathed some life yeah. into this film. But mm-hmm. it, it's, very charismatic. It's at this moment where where uh, Bruce Willis starts his screaming acting and it's uh, it, I would say that if there's any one thing to take away from this film it is it is it's almost like the smoking gun in with mm. Bruce Willis you know you, you know you hear about 
uh, you keep waiting. Like, let's say it's, you know, people are trying to find something like, for example, to find to incriminate a president or something like that, who and they're looking for that smoking gun or, you know, or or if there's a, you know, there's a a, 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 like a Brian Singer out there who people think may have been doing untoward things with young people. They're looking for the evidence. Right. Well, if you ever wanted to know if Bruce Willis is an actor or not, the scenes where he's screaming at Jason Patrick, he's trying to be a psychopath. He's trying to be all creepy with the hair and all that. And it is it is so hard to watch because of how amateurish it is and how a guy with his resume, he, there's just no excuse. It's it, it, well, you, He holds his audience in such contempt. I, I, you think that you, know, you think you hear about these people that like an athlete who will rise to the challenge or play above pain or whatever it is because they they know what how how special their opportunity is, or or guys who rise to the to the challenge. Or if they're in a losing team mm-hmm. and they have to grind out a long season, they do. They don't they don't mail it in. Bruce Willis has no respect for his viewers in any way, shape, or form, and the shit that he does in that scene is embarrassing. It is, but then he hair whispers, so. True, true. Mm-hmm. So he does. He says the first thing he screams is Paul, <laughs> and then and then his daughter says Daddy, and then and then Bruce Willis screams Daddy, like <laughs> two two or three times, and then he says, "Is this enough?" Then he says, "What about my wife and child?" And then he does this villain laugh. I don't know if you remember this. There's a villain laugh that he does that chills went everywhere in me. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. It was it's. And it makes me sad because, yeah, I, I used to love Bruce Willis. And he, you're right. He's still capable of good stuff. But th- he has no right taking the wild shit on a movie. I don't care if it's The Prince or anything else. I mean, if he would have been good in this movie, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. this movie wouldn't have been that much better. It would have been. He doesn't, he doesn't sink this movie. No, because nothing could because it's The Prince and Jason Patrick's the star. Unsinkable. Mm-hmm. Float. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so then Bruce... Willis at the last moment fucks up, points his gun at Jason Patrick. Beth, his daughter, you know, elbows Bruce in the, I don't know, the kisser, I don't know, and this then that opens the bell, and the bell, and Jason Patrick shoots him uh, a lot, a couple times, and kills him. And but you know, like I said, I know you don't like Bruce Willis, but he his his motivations in this movie, I don't know. I felt bad for him. Jason Patrick is a dick. No, he killed his family. He he's obviously he and he says this in the story. It doesn't quit him. But it's that they were civilian casualties in a war. They weren't supposed to be in that car. He didn't want it to happen, but he still caused it. And then he then he he has a sob story where he leaves town and he be, turns to alcohol. He finds his his beloved by mistake, and he's like, and she twelve stepped me to the altar. Remember that line? Yeah. She twelve stepped me all the way to the altar. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a perfect Patrick. Yeah, um, Patrick kind of got like a little bit of a his his voice is interesting. I love his. He's got like kind of yeah, I do too. It's kind of like a musical voice. It's yep. almost like yep. the way you know what I'm saying because yeah. there's a music quality about it, musical quality about it, not unlike uh, Danny musical or Donnie musical. <laughs> well, I, um, well, you know, obviously, zoom in. His father was a legendary playwright. You know, he's related to Jackie Gleason. He's, he's yeah, Gleason. the royal blood flows in his veins. And when he breathes out cold air, it's royal breath that comes out of him. Yeah. That you can see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, you know, 
And so the end of the movie, he's limping out of there. He always gets hurt in these fights. You don't really see how, but he's limping out of there. His daughter with his daughter, they reunite with Jessica Lowndes. Um, um, inspirational music, and then instant credits. Instant credits, but matter of fact, zoom in. Yeah. Lowndes is about half a day away from becoming her bestie's stepmom. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Because they are going to be, her and Patrick are going to be joined at the. Groin. Are you serious? You think that's that's the case? I don't get that. Of course, Daddy noticed. Do you know what I'm saying, Nick? <laughs> Daddy noticed for sure. The work is done. It's time to celebrate with the woman that's been flirting with me the entire movie. Yeah, he basically high fives himself at the end. Hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. I do know what daddy noticed. <laughs> I'm happy for him. Are I'm you happy for him? That's a little creepy, but he's a shit. He's a shitty person. So not surprised I, it's going to happen. I can't believe the guy that won that coloring contest can be so wrong about Jason Patrick. <laughs> I didn't say he was a bad actor or a terrible human being. His character in this is more than questionable. He's he's it's shades of gray, man. Everybody in this film is shades of gray. The daughter's an addict, you know. She's she's that doesn't make her a bad person. No, she's got issues though. She's she she fucking let Fifty Cent wipe his drips all over her, you know, for a fix. That's not. I mean, that's that doesn't mean she's a bad no. person. She she wants to she wants to get out of that hell. She wants to scrape her way out of that hell. She needs. She to, doesn't. She's in. She. No, no, no. And Jessica Lyons is going to help her, but first things first. Daddy noticed. Do you know what I'm saying? She has got to complete the lap dance that she started in the blue hued club. I would love it if there was a, a sex scene uh, at um, there. The, like he is, they are going at it. Like you got saxophone music. Like they are really dropping it, and he is he's trying half the Kama Sutra on this. You know, in the scene, mm-hmm. and yep. then um, they pan over, and his daughter is underneath the sleeping bag, underneath the covers, right in the room with them. She's always under blankets. Always under blankets. Surprise blanket. There's not a lot of movies that pull off a surprise blanket reveal. Yep. And this is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. They they said, they said they, well, well on set, they're like, well, we, it's not the same, but we want this to kind of come off like that scene with the bag in audition, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, um, you think they made Patrick audition for this? Does he audition anymore? Yeah, you think? Yeah, and with Bruce Willis, they rendition him to the to the set. I hope he gets a shot. I'd love to see Patrick show up in a movie that had a budget. This had eighteen million dollars. Like I said, it's not on the screen. What if? What if? uh, What if it was all spent on that CGI breath? What if Cusack? Do you think Cusack? I mean, Cusack's going to be in a press like a TV show. Willis, obviously, he's he's in everything. Patrick, I wonder if they'll put him on TV at some point. He'll be like a in something special. He would be a know? great character in a in like a uh, Yellowstone type of project. Yeah. Plus, he's got the he's got the track record. He he did Geronimo, like so he's he's already done a, a badass western. Yeah. You remember who directed that movie? Mm-mm. Walter Hill. Geronimo. Yeah. Is it good? I don't remember it being good. I remember Matt Damon, early Matt Damon in that. Hmm. I don't remember much about it. If Walter Hill is involved, there's a shot that it's yeah. 
certainly watchable. Although you know, I'm starting to get that twinkle in my eye. <laughs> well, and we have to do one every fifty. All right. I was gonna. I was thinking about doing the losers for one fifty, but I could be persuaded to Geronimo. Why do a movie that people are interested in seeing? About <laughs> let's do Geronimo. <laughs> we Geronimo and out. <laughs> It's like that they say when they download this podcast. <laughs> Geronimo! Uh, who plays Geronimo? Is that West Studi in that? <laughs> I hope. I mean, I imagine. I don't know. I, I like him, so it'd be we nice to see him. We haven't done a West Studi yet, have we? Mm-mm. I don't think so. That's... I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. At Studi Beauty. He does that. He's a, be- he's a beauty channel on Instagram. Um, it is so West Duty, Jesus. Who else is in it? Let's let's Jay, ring the bell. Jason here. Patrick, Gene Hackman, oh. Robert Duvall, I, oh, West Duty, yeah. Matt Damon, Rodney A. Grant from Dance with Wolves, Kevin Tiggy in this. Oh, I love him. Stuart Proud Eagle Grant, Stephen Mc okay. Stephen McHattie. McHattie's in there. Yep. I'm getting excited. I, w- I wish I wish it was already that episode. Mark Boone Jr., MC Ganey. Wow. Scott Wilson. Oh, Jim Beaver, of course. Oh my God. Name one actress in it. Is there an actress? Uh, Did they put a woman in that film, Walter Hill? Uh, Not known for that. Not known for that necessarily. Uh, I have not. Patricia Prentier plays woman at ball. Oh, well, never mind. Somebody yeah, else wrote it that was good, too. John Milius wrote it. Poof, really? Didn't didn't um, Walter Hill also do that Bruce Willis movie that I never saw with all of those? Yeah. yeah. Had like a ton of actors in it. Tons. Yeah. They should have called that movie Ombre Ultimo. Yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. Um, well... I mean, solid stuff. Good movie. Did it. Yeah, everybody seek this out. Go to Tubi. You'll, you only have to watch a ton of commercials to get through it, but you can get through it for free. Or $7.99 nets you the prince. You bought it, huh? <laughs> Must own. They, they, have, they have the balls to charge $7.99 for this, huh? You know what? They got to make that $18 million back somehow. That is... IMDb just updated, by the way. Box hmm. office, uh, United Arab, Arab Emirates. They did three hundred. It says America seven ninety nine. <laughs> well, you kill it. You're helping. Yeah. So let's do the work, man. Mm-hmm. So you're at the parlor now. There's a tattoo that features prominently in this film. That's how he gains access to the guns guns room with mm-hmm. his hand tattoo. But you're there. Um. And 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 the tattoo artist is uh, impatiently waiting for you to tell him what from the prints you want on your body. I mean, I got it already. It's certainly gonna. It's gonna be if you shave the back of my head. It's gonna be Bruce Willis's face. O face, looking like it's smelling my hair. But in case I lose my hair, like completely, I'm gonna have him just put in some strands of of actual hair. You know, so like that he's sniffing. Mm-hmm. But it's under my hair for now. 
sitting sitting till old <laughs> or until I shave it. Do the COVID shave. Nice. What do you think? You like that idea? Is that a good tattoo? Yeah, I mean, anything where you put Bruce Willis on yourself permanently makes me happy. Yeah, and, he, and it's his O face, which I think we saw in this movie. Yep. That is what his O face looks like. Yep. Or do you think he just grunts? Or does he lay there like um, Pacino and uh, Frankie and Johnny and not say a word? <laughs> I bet you Bruce Willis has got some weird kinks. You think? Yeah. I bet I bet sex with Bruce Willis is all about Bruce Willis. I'll say that. Yeah. That's his very safe mm-hmm. bet. Yeah. Um You know how uh, you hear those stories about how Derek Jeter used to have a like a gift basket delivered to his conquests and I have heard of this, yeah. So Bruce Willis, before the act, um uh a maitre D shows up with a folded towel and a and a box of wet wipes. Mm-hmm. And says, "This is for your cleanup that you will definitely be doing as soon as this is over. <laughs> you will be instantly cleaning Mr. Willis's jizz from wherever it flies." Um, mm-hmm. And which is, I also think it's nice. In that gift basket, there's also a, or a little thing. The, the guy brings a, th- a blank thank you card that the uh, with an envelope addressed addressed to Bruce Willis, <laughs> so they can thank him <laughs> for letting him yeah. penetrate. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then uh, they also, you remember, they, they give they give each woman a mask of Bruce Willis to wear during the act. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Of course, this is not a surprise. And, which is why he cannot watch Drive, because that scene where Gosling's wearing that mask, looking through the door, <laughs> he gets he gets wet hard, and it's he can't even enjoy the film, because it's like it's so close to home. <laughs> You know, he, you say he can't enjoy the film, or he can. He can't. He can't enjoy the film beyond. No, Does he go to sleep after that? No, because he 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 doesn't like seeing somebody with a bald man mask uh, in a in, a, in a interact with another person because it's not him. He doesn't get, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, because he's already you know there is actually pre cleaning that has to happen because once they put the mask on, he there's a there's an, a voluntary first wave that comes out of him. Yeah. Wonder if, wonder if during COVID, do you think Bruce Willis is refusing to mask up? Or do you think he's you think he's wearing a mask? Uh, I just told you the girl's wearing a mask. But you know what's funny is um, he actually almost he tried to get remarried accidentally because they misunderstood because he said "do me more" uh, when he was looking at the mask of himself doing him, <laughs> and then this raspy woman's voice was like, "Oh." And then, you know, obviously, huge misunderstanding. Yeah. Well, that's nice that he did get that he, uh, that he, you know, is so thoughtful before his uh, conquest, unlike Derek, Derek Jeter, who thinks of afterwards. Yeah. So he's pre and Jeter's post. Yeah. Is anybody, is there anybody that does anything during? Yeah. yeah. Brings in a gift basket? Yes. Charcuterie or, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff? Uh, yeah. You do. 80s yeah. composer Ira Newborn. <laughs> so I'm, I'm at the tattoo parlor yeah. you hear the humming you're like what the fuck you look in there and through this through the flickering uh, fluorescent lighting you see i am sprawled out naked on my belly and he is creating a fake back muff on my on my on my tramp ass you know where he's creating yeah. a fake jungle of jason patrick bush hair on my back mm-hmm. lower back 
looks like looks like he got reverse pubes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what it looks. It looks like he's he he's got pubes in the back. Like he's got uh, he's got a goddamn bird's nest back yeah. there. Would you have them draw a little bird's egg in no, there? No, no, would no, you I never do that. No, stunts. But I, what I would have is um, if you uh, if you look good, it'll 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 have like a little fine print and says um, uh, as as seen in the prints, and then mm. on the front I'll have shaved all of my region. There's nothing in the front. It's, it looks like a like a newborn ostrich down there, and and I have there, and, and it'll say as seen in Speed Two Cruise Control. That's very interesting, like that that little characteristic of his, you know. And he's 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 not insecure about it. He lets it he lets it Actually, hang. It's barely in the frame, and then there's another shot later on where you don't see it. So I I think it was an accident. You think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So you um have been given the funding to provide your own prince related enterprise. A lot of ways you can go with it. Hmm. Do a I would do a word a day calendar. Okay. The prince the prince and I I don't know, two thousand twenty one word a day calendar. Oh, did you want a sampling of yeah. some of the words? Well, uninteresting, humdrum, shopworn, dumb, pedestrian, breezeless, waterlight, bland. Okay. <laughs> familiar, unstimulating. Okay. Back muff. And we keep going. No. Sapless, platitudinal. <laughs> I don't know. What do you hair? And then the word calendar would be in it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun to have the word a day calendar on like halfway through the word calendar appears. It's meta, yeah. yeah, yeah, super meta. Yeah, I do a word a day calendar because who wouldn't want to be reminded of the prints every day? Do you ever have a word a day calendar? Do you ever, do you ever no. put one of those on your desk in your workspace? Shit, that bothers the fuck out of me. You hate that kind of stuff, huh? Yeah, it's like if you need to be forced into learning and getting improving, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta just you gotta you gotta read and explore it's not necessarily it's not necessarily forced sometimes it's a gift yeah and somebody somebody is giving you and saying you need to expand your vocabulary via the ninth the 2014 movie the prince they should do a, a was, word a day calendar uh that's secret like it's it'll have words that you don't know and then you when you look up the definition they're all very rough sex terms like you know like mid-eastern oyster and you're like oh that's pretty interesting let me go to google and it's like a guy who only uh has sex with other guys the balls you know (laughs) all right so i i have a a kiosk at the mall Mm -hmm. um and are you selling are you selling my word today (laughs) calendar uh, please it's uh it's it's uh basically uh, it's a it's a photo booth, um, and around the booth there's all these magnificent photos from the prints, and with with uh, regular human beings inserted into the scenes. So there's like a green screen kind of thing. You go in there, we take a photograph of you, and um, and all of a sudden you're in the print. So you're right. I mean, you're right next to Rain. Or, you know, you're or you're sitting there in mm-hmm. in the back of the expedition while while they're driving. Like it's really amazing. Um, uh, very cutting edge technology. And then it's expensive. It's expensive to get mm-hmm. these done, but you can have, I mean, basically, you know, the ability to, to 
be next to Bruce Willis without actually having to be there and have him eat your hair or whatever. Every 10 photographs you have made, a trapdoor opens and you are sent into a log flume ride that is d- devoted to the prince. And you, of course, of course, a log. Flume. Yeah, it's a log. Flume. Yeah. And so you go down a, a, a replica of the, uh, the, the office building. So you, you, you log flume pass a, a mannequin of Bruce Willis holding a mannequin of Joe Mantegna's kid. And then right past rain, right past Mr. Jason Patrick. Uh, and then uh, you go into the subterranean part of the mall uh, where you are ground up in, into gear. Do you know that Lady Gaga um, originally had do you do you, ever, do you like Lady Gaga? Yeah. This is another Zoom. Um, she originally wrote a, 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 a original piece of music for this, and they rejected it. Okay, but then they repurposed it for her for the Star Is Born. Really? You don't remember? Mm-hmm. You never heard the outtake? Script is shallow. <laughs> Laughing my own joke. Script is shallow. That's why I got a good voice. Um, <laughs> script is shallow. I, it's so sweet that you would laugh at that. Well, it is not. That. I like. Uh, I like the fact that we went from a Sam Elliott episode last mm-hmm. to to talking about Stars Born with Sam Elliott, mm-hmm. and then to a log flume ride. You always you. Uh, if we went back through a lot of the episodes, you this isn't your first log flume ride. You and you you usually do escape rooms too, but you have done other log flume rides based on movies. Yeah, well, you, I don't know. And go with what you know, right? Like that's that's what right. I would do if that was actually what I would do if I had this ability. Big log flume fan, Nick. Yeah, yeah. in real life, for real. Yeah. yeah. Did you like those over roller coasters or what? Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I like being in a log. Yeah. By the way, Jason Patrick in the movie The Beast, sort of in a gulag. You don't remember that movie? Early 90s, late 80s? I don't. Russian, they play a Russian tank crew. Oh, I kind of do. You like this movie. Yeah, Stephen Baldwin, Kevin Reynolds directed it. I think Matt Craven, somebody else in anyway. We'll do that. You don't, need, you don't need to say anything else. You have me at Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> Definitely check it out now. <laughs> so you have been charged with directing or creating a sequel to The Prince. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a movie they had to be hoping it would be a, would have a sequel, right? Yep. The Prince 2, right? I mean, hmm. that could be a title. <clears throat> what do they do for Taken? What was the sequel to Taken? His daughter didn't get kidnapped again, did she? Something like that. I know his wife was killed in the third one, right? Fonka. By the way, Don Henry, I think, in Taken movies. Is he, is he one of his crew? I don't think so, but I think he's in at least one of them. Our boy is in it, though. That's the important part. Leland Orser. Oh, Orser's in it, yeah. Legend. Yeah. <sighs> sequel. I mean, this movie defies... It's hard to think of a sequel. That could do this one justice. Well, mine mine is fucking weird because car blows up. We see the flashback again. The car blows up. Mother and daughter are blown into a tree. Nobody sees it. They're fine. Mm-hmm. They're oh, and they're up there, and they're like, "Should we call for help or let Dad know that we're alive?" And they're like, and, and then the mother's like, "Do you realize who your father is, Omar?" 
It's like let's just let's just see what happens. So they mm-hmm. hit up, but they hide up in that tree for about a you know couple of days. They're tree living, and once the crime scene's cleaned up and Willis has done it, you know he's got his motivation now. They creep down the tree, and they start their own life together, free right. of Omar. Um, so flash flash forward to when Jason Patrick dispatches Omar. He's going back home with Jessica Lown and his daughter. And like you said, you think there's going to be some super hot sex. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but no. No? He's got huge blue balls. Yeah. Because she is just lap dancing all the time with the daughter around. Nothing's that's as far as it goes. Just constant. Like he's making mm-hmm. like waffles just under the table, grinding him. Like just oof. Like, you know. Alexa, can you play some CC Music Factory? And he, she starts just ripping onto him, right? He is approached by this woman saying, you killed my husband. Thank you. He was the scourge of my life. I'd like to settle down with you. And this, we will raise this little girl who is now the age of your daughter together. It'll be perfect. So there's, you know, the, this nuclear family. Like, you got Jessica Lounge. You got his daughter. You got this new daughter. You got the ex-wife. Uh, sure. Unfortunately, his wife goes on a grocery run, and he forgot he had rigged the car to explode. Who's his wife? Uh, Omar's ex-wife yeah. is his yeah. wife now? Okay. The unblown. Like, she's unblown. Yeah. So this is, this is horrible. Just not again. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then the rest of the movie is literally uh, he's wearing his, his uh, you know, garage overalls, quietly cleaning up uh, pieces of, uh, of Bruce Willis's family. Yeah. And he's sitting there. He's sitting there on the pavement, like, with blood and... Uh, he found like an earring and he's like just about to cry. And then Jessica Lance comes and starts grinding on him out there. Uh, roll credits. Well, my, my sequel would take, it'd be very meta. Okay. The actor uh, rain, it would fall the actor rain. Now he gets blown off the balcony mm-hmm. and then he falls. You don't see what happens to him. Right. right. So my sequel would take place after this fall. After Bruce Willis is shot. And Jason Patrick leaves the scene and you, the camera slowly, you know, the roll credits, the camera zooms in and sees the body of rain on the ground bleeding. And then that, that's the post credits. Then the sequel takes up right from that shot. Rain stands up. He's a woozy, you know, doesn't know who he is. And it's meta because it's, it's not about the character of the movie. Mark, I think is his name, but actual actor, actual actor rain has gotten himself hurt and the stunt and doesn't know who he is thinks his thinks actually thinks his name is rain r-e-i-g-n and so the whole movie follows him trying to discover who he is. <laughs> he thinks he's action star rain r-e-i-g-n and and no one knows he doesn't know who he is yeah. they think he's fine right because he's like i'm rain and they're like yes you are yeah you're rain yeah that's it you're right it is better but it also is a great mm-hmm. sequel because who rain what? who reigns prince a prince reigns. Exactly. That's, so, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a whole, like, comedy of errors, you know, and you, no one knows that, that what's so great about my movie is that nobody in the whole movie realizes anything's wrong the entire time. And then he he uh, he he is hit by a rock and all of his memory comes back and he realizes what he's done and where he is and he executes himself. <laughs> we didn't talk much about rain. We didn't talk much about Rain. Like, he, what do you what do you know him from? Wasn't he Ninja Assassin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he's like a. I think he's a very popular Korean actor, but I 
and he was i think he was a musician right isn't that what he is known for isn't he a musician or something yeah and uh i think he's back i think he after the rain he was done he's like i'm out i'm gonna go back home and be successful yeah um take my paycheck um but yeah that's what, what do you think of that you, that sequel idea on a scale to as they put it in this movie on a scale to sistine chapel to shit what do you how would you rate my sequel idea? It's uh, it's, fi- it's it's fine. It's quite good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The funny thing is, is that you want to talk about the irony of irony is uh, he keep rain keeps all of his passwords in the cloud. <laughs> so you are um, you're in the movie. I'm in the movie. What character would I play here? I would be my character would be um, Jason Patrick's son, who also goes missing during this time. But Jason Patrick don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does not care. Does not like his son. Doesn't says t- tells his son he doesn't have FaceTime. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'd play um, Bobby Brennan. Nice. The the sun rises on northern Louisiana, wherever his uh, mechanic shop is, mm-hmm. and I am coming to pick up my perfectly fixed car. Okay. And and I'm looking. I'm like, man, it's kind of quiet. It's weird. I walk in. Uh, doors unlocked. I walk in, horrible stench. I see uh, completely mottled, rotted pizza on the ground and in a box on on my car, which has got the hood open. There's a laptop. The battery's drained on the hood. The light uh, bulb inside the fixing light is dead. The car is like looking like shit. Turns out the sure. fucking key was in the ignition because he was listening to the radio. Battery's dead. Car is fucked, and right. I am livid. I am livid. It is my daughter's wedding. She that is her gift. So I am fucking livid. I I uh, go to Yelp and I rip the daylights out of Paul. So I was I'm furious. And then so I, I you know my daughter still has her wedding. I still love her. Everything's fine. Lo and behold, I'm passing through weeks later and I see his fucking car out in the driveway and I am fucking. I'm gonna give him what for. Right. And then so Jessica lounges outside having a cigarette, sitting at a picnic table, sees me storming up, rolling up my sleeves, fuming. She's like, she's like, you don't know who's in there. You don't know his background. You don't know that brought the prince. And I'm like, he's I'm gonna leave my prince all over his ass. And I go in there and and, and, and destroyed by him instantly. <laughs> he kills he, you. He, he doesn't even he doesn't have a choice. That's his, you know, he's the prince. He kills the shit out of me. And then the cut the last shot in the my is my daughter in her in the front seat of the car watching me die like just because the last well, things i said to her were watch this <laughs> well here's i'm gonna change my answer because i don't like I didn't, I didn't do a good enough description of be the sun so i'm gonna instead of the sun i'm gonna be god <laughs> and so after the climax of the film the camera goes up heavenward yeah up 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 into space whatever and i'm sitting in a on a in a cloud whatever god does you know on a cloud couch yeah. whatever yeah, he does don't turtles it or she yeah. excuse me the entity that is the supreme being i'd be up there looking down at this stuff the scene unfolding and i'd just say i'd look to camera and say well i guess i don't exist and then i'd blank out <laughs> You're on an island. You've accumulated a wide array of debris over the years from various films. Right. And you got to take something special from the prince with you. This movie, I don't think, has too much to take. Uh, I would disagree heartily, but yeah. 
you know, my island's beautiful. It's tropical. And I am uh, the tour guide of the ages. When you come to my place, I give you the royal treatment. And we have a time. But there are little lagoons and shit. There's, you know, it's a very beautiful place. So there are little bodies of water you have to travel over. I noticed uh, something in the movie that was uh, very uh, useful in, in, in actual use. Uh, and it was no, it, it had ceased to serve its original purpose and it began to serve a new purpose. So if we need to travel over the lagoon to a different part of the island, um, I take my guest and Donnie Musical is there at the dock, chained to it. He's such a good floater. I have attached an outboard motor to him and we YOLO board our way across the lagoon on his back. Mm-hmm. And I have installed, you know, fittingly enough Bluetooth speakers into Donnie musicals back, of course. sync that shit up, play some like Bob Marley. And we ride the lagoon uh, on his stiff, wide Papa John looking face. Like we just ride that shit across the sunset and it is magical. And there's a little Swiss Army man going on because as we move around, it, little farts come out. <laughs> Don, he, if you step wrong on his on his floating ass, you're like you'll smell. I guess I'd take the Nutcracker, that life size Nutcracker that was you know so heavily featured in this film, because I would it'd be fun. I think I would use it to try to crack open coconuts. And so the whole time, one of my projects on the island was trying to get that jaw to widen, much like uh, what are they, like a. What what's a, a snake that unhinges his jaw? Yeah, the the whole, boa constrictor yeah, pythons. Yeah, yeah. So I try to add some boa constrictor type ability to that thing, you know, to white to, so I can crack a crack a coconut in its maw, you know. But the, then I would craft a bucket to catch the milk if it worked underneath underneath mm-hmm. it. You know, it's it's I can put my arm around its shoulder when I get lonely. That's a nice thing to have on the island. You know, it's it's Christmassy in there and that big. Hot lobby area of the hotel that Cusack I think you should make a point to say that this is Bruce Willis's Christmas movie. Every time somebody <laughs> pulls a Die Hard, what's your favorite Christmas movie? You mean The Prince? I, I, I liken uh, Willis, Patrick, and Cusack to be an- analogies for the Three Wise Men. <sighs> you can actually look at the line report of the of the expenditures. Bruce Willis got paid hardcore, mm-hmm. so his gift was gold. Yes. Uh, And then cut to Jason Patrick storming into his tiny trailer with a handful of myrrh. What the fuck? I'm getting paid in myrrh for this fucking film? I don't even know what myrrh does.
I can't be 